I'm speaking to the person inside of Reagan now. If you are there, you too are hypnotized. I must answer all my questions. Come forward and answer me now. Closer, please. Closer. Here's Johnny. Back to another thrilling episode of Terror Tinos. My name is Mike Morales, and like always, I'm here with my partner in crime, Angel. Why you do this to me, Jimmy? <laughs> Tell you. And if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, here's the lowdown. We are two lifelong friends and film buffs. It's the only thing buff about us. <laughs> uh, this is our little corner in the in the podcast universe where we like to dissect, celebrate all things movies. I think our mission is pretty simple. We kind of dive head first into the world of cult movies, horror movies, genre movies, movies that the movies that we can't get enough of. And, and at times we we like to take a, a nostalgic trip by kind of revisiting some of the 80s and 90s classics from our childhood. But every now and then we'll take a dive into a film that has piqued our interest or our curiosity. And so if you you know you have listened to this podcast before, I think you're in for some fun. If you're a newbie, thank you for joining us because I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, Angel, it's October. It's the spookiest time of the year. How great is that? It's it's probably my one of it's got to be my favorite month. <laughs> yes. And it's not just because Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> and so I'm thinking about all the food I'm going to throw down. But I mean, October it's nice too when you think about it. It's kind of like the weather starts changing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it gets cooler. So you get a nice. But dude, I remember when I was a kid. I swear to God, we were like trick or treating, and it was like dark as hell. Yeah. And now it's like you got to wait. It's like I think we must have moved the time change or something, because it, now it's like take like kids start showing up, but it's still sunny outside. Uh, well, in particular in California, the season we don't get seasons no more. <laughs> it's really just been like a long summer spring vibe for the for the whole year even when once we get into like december it's like it's kind of like this it's kind of like muggy <laughs> not necessarily cold uh you know but um but i i do think but Cal- then we get heat waves through it too man I, like I yesterday know. was like windy yeah, i know once in a while we get these heat waves these little spurts i'm like man i thought the summer was over already you know <laughs> But I do like this year, uh, Halloween. Uh, I think people are really fully embracing the spirit of Halloween this year. People are going to horror movies. They love horror movies. And we're going to continue that by kind of uh, going with our ongoing series of horror movies. We started the last episode. Uh, this episode, we're going to continue with that kind of theme of watching horror movies and talking about horror movies. And I think it's been like the last couple of years. It's just... It's it's almost like it's okay now to uh, celebrate, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. the horror genre. You know what I mean? And people are embracing it. And I, I, I'm glad it's not a fad 
Because at first I thought it was, I thought like everybody was so sick of COVID, they're looking for any excuse to change it up. Uh-huh. But now it's kind of like the, it's, I don't even, there's a word for it, but it's kind of like the, the, the scene has changed where it's not just when you're in the mood for a horror movie, you know what I mean? It could be any time of the year, uh, they'll put something out and as long as it looks good, you know what I mean? You don't care almost what it is as long as it looks quality you're gonna check it out you know yeah i think a a younger audience have really taken a hold of the genre i think they are now watching more and more horror movies uh you go to any social media and they're talking about horror movies as that as something that they are watching constantly uh my younger brother is a big horror nut uh and that that didn't happen at first i mean it was a progressive evolution you know he was a, a movie fan but then i've seen him become more and more uh, obsessed with horror movies and now he's going to like horror conventions and there's like a horror convention every month around here there's a big market there's a big business and i think that's that's because of the the community the horror community has been growing for the last couple of years and i think it's probably even bigger and better than say the sci-fi genre. Yeah, there used to be just like horror con, and that was like it. And it was kind of like you could put it in like a school gymatorium, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and, or remember, like when we were going to like comic cons and stuff like that, it was always like a little subsection inside. Yeah. But now it's big enough to like headline. You oh know yeah. What I mean, it's yeah. It's got its own. There's big business. There's like horror is the main attraction it's horror it's horror movies and, and it's also horror con- uh, uh attractions like uh, haunted houses which is now year round um, yeah not and, just uh yeah not just for the halloween season and it's just becoming a bigger and bigger uh thing yeah and, and you know i appreciate it because it's been before it was and don't get me wrong i love it like slasher jump scare movie but that before that was it that mm-hmm. was that was a total package. You you got one or the other, but now they're more complex. They're they're getting big names in these movies. Before, remember that used to start out like uh, Aniston. You know what I mean? She was in <laughs> Leprechaun. Right. That was kind of like your. You know, it would get you. To you were a little embarrassed. bit embarrassed. Yeah, a little bit embarrassed about about it. Like Matthew McConaughey in the Texas Chainsaw Saw Basket. Yeah. So you would you would get your 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 FaceTime on the screen, then you'd go do better, bigger things, and then when people <laughs> would bring it up, you'd like shine it on. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, dude, let's get back. Let's do a horror flick. Let's, yeah. <laughs> that's putting asses in the chairs. I don't know. I I dig it, man. And and they're getting smarter. You know, yeah, and it's getting extremely well done visually. Acting wise is great. We last episode we talked about a great film, Talk to Me, which is a new movie that has come out this year, and it's one of our favorite horror movies of the last couple of years. And so, yeah, oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're it's doing, actually scary, dude. <laughs> it's so it's a, it's a great time for a horror fan, and so I think people who are listening to this podcast are going to have a fun time with this one because in this episode we hand picked a horror movie for each other to watch and talk about and i picked a movie for you a, a movie that you have never seen a movie that i've never watched. heard of it uh, really you never really heard of this one okay i never heard of it at all <laughs> and it's a movie that i want to hear your opinion on even though i think a lot of people are going to hate that movie it's not for everyone but i, I specifically picked this one for you because I, I know that you would at least appreciate it for a certain level uh you you'll also pick the movie for me uh uh and we're going to be talking about those two movies. But before we do that, 
I want to kind of quickly just talk about The Exorcist. Uh, there's a new Exorcist movie that has, that has come out in theaters right now. People are watching it. It's not getting the greatest reviews. It's from the same director, David Gordon Green, who has done those new Halloween movies. And those were kind of received with mixed reviews. It seems like this is receiving mixed reviews. So that made me think about the original and how well the original is. And it's Halloween season. And I, I think Halloween is somewhat uh, synonymous with the original Exorcist movie. So I want to quickly talk about that movie and get you, get to your thoughts. And what was your kind of first um, initial response to the, the film? And uh, it was so funny because uh, I was talking to you earlier about this. Is it? I remember watching it as a kid. I don't remember anything except for the whole, like when the priests are basically battling to, you know, for the little girl's soul and yada yada. And I, I just remember that part as a kid, and I remember that being the the bulk of the movie. And on the rewatch, it's like it's like the last thirty minutes of the movie. There's so much <laughs> more buildup and background, and I didn't remember any of it. And I guess it's maybe at, it must have been an age thing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, it was an age thing, and it was almost probably like a trauma thing. So, basically, as a kid, the beginning first, because this is a two-hour movie, so the first hour and a half, kind of boring. It's yeah. a lot of talk, a lot of build-up, you know what I mean? And a couple things happen, but that's about it. And then that last half an hour sears into your damn memories, <laughs> you know what I mean? It scares the living shit out of you. And then, you know, it's it's a very taboo subject. Mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic, you know what I mean? Doing normal, all the good Catholic stuff. So this was kind of like, it was realistic because it's a priest. And you know what I mean? The storyline goes to things that I guess eh, the church wouldn't put it on their billboard. But it's something that probably still is not talked about, but kind of believed Mm-hmm. So, and then, I don't know, I just remember watching it, I remember it scaring the shit out of me, and I, I wasn't, like, in the movie theater, I wasn't even born, and then, basically, my mom, like, telling us, you know, it's not real and stuff, but it's not a good movie, don't talk about it in church, <laughs> you know what I mean, one of those type of things, Yeah, yeah. and I remember it being scary as shit. And I remember always hearing about it yeah. before I watched it. And that's probably why I watched it, because I heard so much about it. Yeah, it had this really infamous uh, reputation of being one of the scariest, scariest movies of all time. But also very, like, taboo yes. and whispered about, kind of, you know? There was this talk about how many people walked out or fainted during the during the theatrical run. Well, they even had an uh, issue with the, the teaser and everything, right? That it was too scary? Like, it was oh. just a, the face in the blackness or whatever? Well, maybe, yes. And also that theme uh, score, you know, famous kind of com- uh, piano theme song. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of memorable. Yeah, there's, there's no way someone hears that and doesn't exactly know where it's from. Yeah, it's it's funny because this movie came out a couple years before Halloween. And both of those scores are the iconic score or music for Halloween, you know, it just, yeah. you know, because of the popularity of both of those movies. And it's funny. I had to, I had to look it up cause I thought it was like a xylophone or some shit. <laughs> cause it's not just a, it's not a piano. You know it's what a, I mean? Yeah. It's a, I don't know, like uh bells. It was, it's like an orchestra dude, but it's, 
It's done on a synthesizer, mm. if I was looked it up correctly. But I mean, it's it's weird because it was just like, he, like I think it didn't it win a reward or something for it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they they, they use that uh, music, that piece of music for everything nowadays. You know, it's not it's on. I think you could buy like Halloween music soundtracks, and it's it's definitely on it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, it's almost part of our subculture. It's like a, a ringtone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd you'd make it like if for your boss's ringtone. You know what I mean? Something evil. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just become part of the fabric. You know that and the Halloween theme. It's just synonymous with like scary and horror. I, another reason why I wanted to talk about The Exorcist was because of the director William Friedkin. He passed away this year. And he kind of left a, a real big legacy of a lot of good movies that he directed. But I think The Exorcist, especially now then with Halloween, it's going to be something that he, you know, he's going to be remembered for. And, and rewatching it, you could see, you could see why he, he was such a kind of a master of just kind of letting the events unfold. Jaws and and um, Star Wars and uh, other movies from the seventies kind of gets this label of being the first blockbuster but i would say the exorcist was maybe the first one the first one out of the gate the first one that really kind of changed the market changed the way we think of movies especially horror movies i think it also broke the formula that if something got bad reviews it would it it made your movie die on the vine Mm. it rewrote the uh any publicity is good publicity Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. So the more people talked about it and were like, oh, you can't go see that. You know, that's against God. It's blasphemy, blah, blah, blah. So the more people were like, you know what? I got to go check this out. You know what I mean? What, what's the hype about even? Right. It's like one of those things where you hear how bad a movie is. Like, it's just a train wreck. Don't ever watch this movie. It plants that seed. Like, I got to see this. I got to see why so many people hate this freaking movie. Well, yeah, I would say it was the one of the first movies to really kind of penetrate the popular culture and become that water cooler discussion or talk and and i think um it it pre predates some of the what we call now elevated horror or art house horror and i think the exorcist is something that made the or elevated the genre i think you know before the exorcist the horror was kind of the horror genre was kind of seen as bargain basement cinema <laughs> they were drive-in schlock you know they were not taking that serious and i think the exorcist made the horror genre or supernatural genre uh something that you could say yeah we can make a, an oscar worthy film around this this type of subject matter and really kind of sparked a whole wave of new horror movies and i think we still see those influences today oh yeah I was going to say on the rewatch, what I got a lot out of it was it's very stylistic for the, for that era of movie making, you know what I mean? The, the, the city streets. And I was even telling you that it wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of camera work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a lot of, yeah, it wasn't a lot of crane shots or dolly shots. It was people were coming in and out. It was, it was kind of like, they didn't, it's not that there were no camera tricks. They didn't use the camera for like POV type of things, you know what I mean? To draw you in. It's like pure story, pure acting. 
And I mean, it was it was funny because I was watching the rewatch with my kid. Mm. I was like, I was like, because his name's Chris. I'm like, Chris, Chris, watch, 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 watch. And it was the part of the bed where she turns her head around. <laughs> Do you know what she did? Your canting daughter. <laughs> and it still, it got freaked. It was like, it still got the reaction from him. And I mean, kids nowadays, dude, you have to basically light them on fire to get them to even notice anything. And he was just like, oh, geez. And I was like, yep. I go, if you ever see that in a movie, the, it's, it's technically comes from this dude like when you see movies and someone like throws up and like it looks like pea soup you know what i mean i go most of those scary things you see they're all like basically homages to this flick and i couldn't get him to rewind it and watch it all but i'm just saying yeah. that's pretty I, I, cool i wondered now that's my fear you know after hearing the reviews for this new exorcist movie and then and then obviously from looking at the trailer it looks more like a modern day Bloomhouse uh horror movie it's you know it's very flashy stylistically but don't you think don't you think the actual face and makeup look a lot like the original oh yeah the the cast members that they picked very very much felt like a, a linda blair type of of, of character yeah, it, but the the way they make it didn't look like a person with some white makeup on you know mm. what i mean it, they did the whole like almost like like boils and stuff on the face yeah and, yeah <laughs> it, that part to me looked really cool. Like I'm like, yeah, cool. Bring it back. Bring back. Because so, I mean, it was it's when you think about the original, she's she's a pretty little girl. Yeah, and yeah. to so you have to go real far to make it like something that's almost grotesque. You know what I mean? And it didn't. <laughs> uh, I forgot how how vulgar it was. You oh know yeah, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing where she's like. She's dropping C bombs and she's <laughs> she's stabbing herself in a stabbing herself, yes, but she's saying yeah, right, like, yeah, slamming her. Oh, it's, it's terrible. She grabs it's it. disgusting. <laughs> Since I just watched this, I forgot that right after that part, she grabs her mom's face, dog. Oh, right, right, right. And she slams it. <laughs> she's like putting it down in her crotch. Yeah, yeah. Her mom's got blood all over her face. It's like, disgusting. Damn. It's yeah. It's it's just, it's and, really disturbing and and. It, the, and that's 73 man that's that's 73 they might not get away with that right now that's like within like like it gets a it was like a whole hour of build-up until we get to that point yeah. and you, you were kind of mentioning the, the 1970s style of filmmaking it's much more naturalistic it was much more kind of unfolding in real time and it, william freakin and I, not just him a lot of the directors of that time in the 70s we're kind of doing this naturalistic style where it feels like we're peeking in in these people's lives. And I don't think you get that with modern day films. It's because it, of the style, the over overproduction style. And I fear that, and you, you mentioned your son watching it. I fear that maybe the younger generation is not going to able to kind of appreciate that because they're much more used to the kind of on over sensationalizing, uh, tricks or visual tricks i don't know i mean do, do you fear that that maybe this is might be the last time we kind of really appreciate something like this you know i i, I get i get what you're saying and i think what it is 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 sometimes you need it mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't but <laughs> what it is is nowadays they're not even they're not even taking the time to see if they do they're just doing it mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like sometimes the scene will progress uh, on its own you don't need to force it so hard mm -hmm. it's just like the, 
Wait, okay. So my most of my younger life, when I was alone with our mutual friend Danny, uh-huh. was spent torturing him. <laughs> he had a class where he had to go watch a movie and he'd get points for it or something in college. So the movie was Beyond Rangoon, right? <laughs> and so I agreed to go with him, whatever. So we're sitting there watching the movie. And it was one of those movies where it's the music, everything was trying to get you to feel a certain way uh-huh. at, at, in a particular scene. And they got you to the point where you just were like, supposed to be in almost shock of how horrible this this place was. Or like some foreign country, like a Cam- like Laos or Cambodia, someplace. Mm-hmm. And it was just all hype, all hype. And then like her best friend, tour guide, the whole movie who everybody loved and was helping the main actress out. He just like, they're at a border or something and he can't get his papers or he doesn't have papers. And they shoot him in the head. And the whole crowd was like, oh, and I just started laughing (laughs) because holy shit, you know what I mean? They had gone so far and it just, that was too much. And it was too much in the fact that it made it ridiculous. Right, right. And I remember laughing (laughs) and he got so embarrassed and people were staring at me like I was some kind of sick son of a bitch. And I wanted to say, dude. Didn't you already feel like shit that they really have to shoot him in the head? You know what I mean? It's like, God, they, over, they were, they went overboard. Over. <laughs> Way. And it was so bad that it was ridiculous. It just killed the whole scene for me. Like, I was with them mm-hmm. until they pulled that trigger. And then it was like, okay, you guys, wait. You guys, you didn't just take me to like the river. You dunked my head until I was drinking. You know what I mean? It was like, God damn, well, let me do some of the work it's, on my it's, own. It's it's funny because I you know, we've been talking about these movies for the last couple of years now, and I didn't realize how much uh, of that logic and reasoning it really plays into your the way you think of what a movie is and what it should be, you know. Like you you, you would go so far, but if it, it if it doesn't sound right or feel right, you know, you will just lose it and, and yeah, it and is, hate it's it really instant. Yeah, it's instant. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dude. like a certain threshold. A certain threshold you have, and once it hits that threshold, boom, you hate the movie for the rest of your life. <laughs> Dude, remember? Um, oh God, the, the Six Sense, the Shyamalan guys, the the one with Bruce Willis, uh, where he was super uh, strong, uh, Unbreakable. Yes, dude, that movie was amazing. Right until the part where it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> where Samuel Jackson's running around on Mr. Glass. Uh-huh. That he made him. I'm like, oh my god. You just ruined a really good movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, that was the stupidest fucking part, dude. It was so bad. But I mean, Shyamalan does that in some of his oh, that's, movies. That was like the, the twist in, the, in that movie, right? That it, yeah, it twisted right out of the theater. It was twisted <laughs> right out of realistic but I mean, a lot of people it's do so like that shitty. ending. I mean, uh, no, <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, to go back to The Exorcist. Wait, when was what was the first time you seen it? It wasn't just re- you weren't an adult, right? Were you? Weren't you? No, you know that. Well, the thing is, when I I, I think I'm, you know, we grew up in the '80s and '90s, and and when when The Exorcist was in our lifetime, it was already kind of already invaded the popular culture. It was already known. It was got to the point where it was so popular, people were kind of making fun of it. They were spoofing it. Uh, I remember uh, a soap episode. Remember soap, the TV series, the the comedy. Yeah, the one with Billy Crystal and uh, oh, a bunch of other people. Uh, it was about a family. There was like an Exorcist theme episode, you know. So it was already kind of 
in the in in the fabric of the of the culture. So when once I got to really seen it for the first time was I was like in my twenties. I got really late, but even up to that that point, it felt like I already saw it because it was already talked about at length. It was in every kind of a horror documentary. Everyone talked about it. So it really felt like I already saw it. But, it, you know, rewatching it again last night, I was like, oh, wow, this is such a I, – I totally forgot about like, – like you. I totally forgot maybe like the first hour. And I really appreciate the arc of the young priest who, who played by Jason Miller who uh, has this really – you know, I, I don't know, maybe because I'm older and I, I feel more sympathetic to that character in that arc and how he was kind of financially struggling. He, you know, he's dealing with the, his his mother's health and she eventually dies. And and then all that comes in play when once the once the father is, uh, you know, um, going up against, you know, the the Pazuzu or going up against the devil and trying to trying to save this little girl. I, I, I really kind of appreciate the arc this time around. And and it's not to say that I didn't I didn't like Ellen Burstyn in the movie and her, her you know, I think always we, we loved her performance. Linda Blair was so so great. I, I didn't realize how, how terrific she is in the movie. Cause oh, you, yeah. Cause and, um, sometimes you kind of get her confused with just kind of that iconic image of her. But she's great. I mean, she's fantastic in the movie. I know what you're saying because – that whole hour before, it like in my mind, I just remembered her as all the makeup, her head spinning around. <laughs> yeah. But she had a lot of stuff up to that point, like yeah. when she's being tested at the doctor's office, and there, you know, she's even dropping C bombs there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As she's slowly, she's slowly becoming possessed. And the 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 eerie thing is when the okay, the mom thinks that there's rats and stuff, you know, because <laughs> I, I I guess that's the spirit coming through the attic. But remember how when she, um, the mom first wakes up, I think she gets a phone call or something, and then she sits up, and then the daughter's in the bed with her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she's all, you know, when did this happen, or what, you know, why'd you come in here? She said, oh, my bed won't stop shaking. <laughs> and the mom just kind of, laughs you it, know. Laughs it off, yeah. Yeah, like it's a little kid, you know what I mean? She's just a kid. She, It was a dream, whatever, you know what I mean? And then later on. That was that was the first time the mom actually saw anything right. like re, like real. She opens the door, the bed's jumping up and down, and she even jumps on the bed. And then the bed's all moving around. And then later on, she's talking to the doctor, and she's like telling her about the bed. And the doctor's like, "Well, it was probably something in her psychic or whatever, and it was making her shake the bed." Right. And then she's like, "No, you don't understand. I was on the bed, and the bed was bouncing up and down. So it's kind of like." She got blown off the same way the daughter got blown off. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? It's kind of like nobody believes kids. You know what I mean? It's always in your head. But then to get this adult that had the same thing happen, I I, I liked that part. I dug it. And I liked what the director was doing here. He was like building the suspense. I remember uh, right before the kind of bed thing, there was a Ouija board. And the Ouija kind of uh, yeah, that's holder way just, early in the movie, dude. And it just kind of like does this sudden move, like it's like it flies off the board. I'm like, oh shit! And it's it, it, he's like planting these seeds before it, it it starts to sprout in the third act. You know, it's just like a slow buildup. But the funniest thing about that 
is when I saw it, when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, shit. And they just kind of looked at each other and shrugged it off. I'm like, hell no, man. If, you know, if that, dude, if my fork flew across my plate, I'd get the fuck out of the room. These well, people are hard to scare, man. You know, you bring up like the the series of doctor visits that 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 uh, Linda Blair or, or Regan has to go through. Uh, it it really is playing out like what a person would feel or what what they would have to do once they, once they realize that something is not right. They would think it's something psychologically, or they will think something. It's something. There must be some scientific reason behind this. And then eventually they go, no, we have exhausted all our options. And now we have to really kind of realize that maybe this is something else and that we have to go through a demon or an exorcist, you know? Yeah, because it was cool because it did, it wasn't just like one bad thing happens to go call the priest. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> it was it was months. Because, I mean, the time lapse, because they don't show it like... Five days later, two right. weeks later. Right, right. But, you know, time's passed because, remember, the priest goes and sees his mom in, like, kind of like that psychiatric hospital. Yeah. And then the next time, the lady's talking to the young, young priest, and she's asking about the priest she saw. She had mentioned that, you know, he just went through some tough times. He lost his uh, mother a couple weeks ago or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, she was from alive to dead, and then there was a big, you know, pretty good span of time. So she'd been exhausting all these other avenues. And the fact that she was like almost not an anti-believer, but she wasn't religious at all. So it's not like one of those peoples that her face being tested or any of that stuff. So she was went from like one total extreme all the way to the other because she exhausted all the other possibilities, like you said. So I, I like that he used that, you know, to bring everybody into that movie. And don't you feel like maybe modern day films don't have that discipline that they don't take the time to really build a suspense like that and that they want to go ahead and straightforward go to to the exorcist or go to like the whatever the supernatural problem and you know do all the kind of fun things of of making a movie instead of like building these these arcs and these characters and i don't know if you know you bring up your again you bring up your watch trying to show this to your son and i don't know if this is Maybe you are, our short attention spans have really developed <laughs> to a degree that we can't hold that much information or we want to, you know, go to the, the meat of a story. But did, did we do that to movies or did movies do that to us? You know? <laughs> I don't know because I don't know. That's a good question because we're, we become such fanatics of, of cinema that we kind of know the tropes and maybe it, that has become. You know, once we see those tropes, we go, oh, we know what's going on. You don't have to tell us. And maybe that's what happened. But I don't know. I don't know. It's well, good. We don't even watch commercials anymore, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before, there was a whole industry about commercials. They even had their own awards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I forget what they were called. But Clio, they were called something. The Clio Awards? Yeah. Yeah. For the best commercials. But now, dude, we I, I won't even watch something on Channel 2. I'll wait till the next day so I can watch it on Hulu so I don't have to pass for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't have to sit through shit. It's just we're 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 an instant, what do you call it? Uh, society now. Oh. It's it's bang 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 bang. It's we're a buffet world. <laughs> we just walk it down. We you know we walk down the line. We grab what we want and we leave everything else to sit there and rot. We don't take the time, you know. Yeah. It's like how, when's the last time you were like, oh, you know what? I've never maybe I want to taste that. See if I like it. It's like nope. I I didn't have it before. I'll look it up. 
if people don't like it, you know what I mean? It's like you never just you know, take a bite and see what the fuck, man. Maybe maybe you dig it. Watching The Exorcist again for after a long time, after a long break, what was, I mean, did it felt like it was a like a long watch? What did it feel for you? I, I was in a time constraint, man. Because <laughs> I... I I didn't put it off, but I was like, ah, you know, I'll watch it the day, like today, this morning and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had time and I just, I forgot it was a two hour flick. And so I put it in and I was watching it to right up to the podcast. And I was just looking at the time and I'm like, oh man, this is going to cut it cl- like close. <laughs> I, I honestly did not, was not planning for that whole opening scene, which oddly was the scene that I didn't like all, like the first hour, like you said, I totally forgot about. And it's so funny because when I was a kid, I just remember it being scary. That's it. <laughs> I don't remember any of the buildup, but I actually really appreciated on the rewatch the buildup because it made the ending that much more. It actually made it scarier. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a scary guy who runs out of a garage with the chains on. Everybody runs. It was, it was substance. You know what I mean? And I, I I got a lot more out of the actors. And I mean, even the, the, <laughs> I felt so bad because like, I didn't remember she was an actress or anything, but then she has the servants. And then there's the whole part where her director is drunk and she, he's just goading the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, what would you call it? The butler keeps calling him a Nazi and falling around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, she was hilarious, but, uh, and I forgot that, uh, Max von Saito is in there and, it was just, I got a lot more out of it, and I don't, hmm, I would tell people to watch it, but I wouldn't be like, oh, you want to watch a scary movie? I think after the rewatch, I'd be, hey, you want to watch a good movie that happens to be scary? You uh, know what I mean? It yes. switched it for me. It yeah, switched yeah. just the scary into a good movie. And I, I'm glad I rewatched it. I'm glad you told you, you <laughs> decided to add this to this episode, because uh, I... I'll now put it on my list of things to watch during October. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and the only reason, only reason why I wanted to kind of revisit it, it was because of you know the new movies coming out or has come out, and and I I just wonder if I like I was saying before, I just wonder if we're going to be losing this type of these type of films the way we kind of tell these stories, and are we going to be more sensational when we, when we tell horror movies, and do we have enough? Uh, enough uh, um patience to really kind of yeah. appreciate something like this i think it's going to be like um people that read books oh yeah. there's gonna be a, a a little subculture a little niche for it but i think as far as the public goes it's gonna be you're gonna have to bring a lot to the table to get people to hold their interest mm-hmm. and it sucks because you want it to just be purely character build up and you know what i mean mm-hmm. but if you're trying to draw in it depends are, are you making it for yourself and for something that you're going to be proud of or are you making it to make money off of because <laughs> if it's the money you're going to have to um do like a dog and pony show you can have a good skeletal structure of a story and what you want to show but you're going to have to throw a bunch of shit in there to keep people you know watching and keep people interested which is sad mm-hmm. but i mean it's it's just the way it is. Uh, before we close this conversation down, uh, let me just say this: 
I thought that, you know, because I was saying before that I really was much more interested with the young priest character, the, the, the one the one played by Jason Miller. Jason Miller. And he takes on the, the demon for himself. He, he sacrifices himself to save the girl. And I think that's because of his mom, right? Because I didn't get that the first time. Through, yes. But yeah. And also because yeah, he deep... wasn't there for his mom. So he was so oh, guilty. And he was deeply depressed. He was losing his faith. Uh, he was he was ready for this. I mean, it was, uh, in a lot of ways, it was, he was he was kind of almost taking his own life, really, or, you know, saving his own, you know, replacing her with him. And I, I just found that journey much more deeper this time. And so I was looking him up because I thought for sure that this guy, you know, after <laughs> I didn't, I'm not familiar with his other work. And he's he's a playwright. He's an actor. He's been doing some things in the 70s, but he hasn't really done that much uh, other than some stuff out of the 70s and early 80s. But I thought for sure that this was the same actor who played John Travolta's uh, older brother in Saturday Night Fever, who was also a priest in that movie. And it's not. It's actually... He's just a total, that was a totally different actor. Uh, they look very similar. They're both Italian yeah, too. Yeah, they do look a lot alike. <laughs> I thought for sure that, the, uh, for, and for many years, I thought they were both the same actor. Anyway, so oh. I, I looked I looked up Jason Miller and go, oh, okay. And I didn't realize this connection. He is the father of Jason Patrick, who's from uh, The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like a lot of the structure in his face, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Jason Patrick, you know, he, he has his own. He's a great actor. He's and in another kind of twist, he's also the father of another actor, Joshua John Miller, who you might know better as the kid in Near Dark, the 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 kid uh, the oh the little little guy, the little vampire. Yeah. <laughs> the kid vampire. Oh shit. <laughs> I did not know that. So, and I didn't really notice. I didn't know that that. Yeah, Homer. <laughs> That's his name in Near Dark. I didn't know that Joshua John Miller and Jason Patrick are half brothers. And then, you know, they share the same father. You know, so there's a horror connection with that family. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's a little tidbit for the exorcist for there. Oh, you know what? The one thing, another thing I took away from. Sorry. Go ahead. The exorcist before you wanted to close it out. God damn, they smoked a lot in the oh, 70s, dude. That's Every scene, somebody's smoking. And you know what's the, the doctors funniest part? were smoking they, in the movie. Dude, he comes out of the doctor's room. He comes out of, like, the examination room. just lights up when he's talking. But there's this, there's one, the, one of the early scenes where the young, young doctor, or, sorry, priest goes to talk to um, uh, uh, Miller. Um, he, he goes in there. The Miller's laying down on the bed. He's smoking. And the, the the youngest priest oh, tells he him, takes ah, a cigarette. Yeah, but it, it, dude, and then he just like, I I swear to God, it's just every scene that somebody's smoking or lights up, and <laughs> and I think I want to say that even when they first show the um, the mom, she wakes or she's typing something and she's playing with the cigarette because she hadn't lit it yet. Oh, and I was yeah. like, holy shit! Man. It was a totally different time. It was like a a, a smoking yeah, a, so. a society. <laughs> How, how much we changed since then. Yeah, that's crazy. Man. That's crazy. Uh, so that was our, kind of our thoughts on The Exorcist. Again, we, that was just a quick uh, look back at that movie and how much that movie kind of still resonates to us. And and like I was saying, I think it, it's really spawned a new wave of, of how we think about horror movies and it makes it more thought-provoking and more kind of awards-worthy. I would say that in, in the same conversation you could have it with Silence of the Lambs where that is also a... Oscar-worthy horror movie. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. I mean, just our thoughts on The Exorcist. Now, let's get to yeah, the main. We recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Please, please watch it. It's available now. Uh, let's get to the main attraction. Let's get to our our movie picks for each other. Yeah, I don't know if we should be using we should be using the word attraction <laughs> when it comes to me and you. <laughs> Not too much attractive about us. But yes, okay. So which one you want to start off this? with? You want to start off with your pick and then my pick, or what? It does. It doesn't matter. You okay. want me to go first? Yeah, like yeah. Me, I'll well, go first with the movie you gave me to watch. Okay, so my pick for you was a 2016 horror film, The Eyes of My Mother. I don't do this very often. Do what? Go home with people. Neither do I. Your house is so neat. Thank you. Is this your mother? Yes. What did she do? She was a surgeon in Portugal. What kind? Eyes. We used to do the sections together. What happened to her? I remember I was fascinated by how the inside of the body looked. She always hoped I would be a surgeon one day. It's a black and white atmospheric thriller a disturbing psychological horror about this young woman francisca she's a portuguese american living in a remote farmland or farmhouse and uh it's kind of just a snapshot in this person's life she is affected by tragedy concerning her both her parents surprisingly the movie is divided by three chapters the first chapter is mother the second chapter is father third chapter is family and in those chapters we see her grow a little bit you know when we first meet her she's like 10 years old in the second chapter she's about 20 in the third she's about maybe her late 20s or 30s um and she's basically as a psychopath i would say but uh, let me get your thoughts and i know this was not a easy watch it's, and I would not recommend this to your regular normal viewer, <laughs> but if you like if you like dark and twisted horror movies, I think you would get something out of it. So I'm 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 totally interested. I I don't know your your opinions. I don't know what you think of the movie, but you watched it. What do you think of the movie? Uh, just like your setup, <laughs> if you're in the mood for a good laugh, don't give this one a watch. <laughs> Okay. Um, I pride myself on giving almost anything a chance. <laughs> and you never know. You can find something that you, you like. And I think that's exactly what happened with me on this one. I knew it would be different because I knew you were trying to get me to see almost not out of my comfort zone, but something that I might have saw and just gone by. Mm. But um, I overall, I, I enjoyed the, the movie. I, I did like it. I, I like the fact that it was different. I dig black and white movies. Um, not just because it, it's got an old feel, but it's kind of like if you strip away color, to me, you get more to a substance. Mm -hmm. So black and white, it, that's what black and white always does for me. It always goes, okay, we're going to go basic on this. We're going to tell you a good story. We're going to show you some things, you know what I mean? And you're just going to take it in. Um, 
I I was so impressed opening scene. Yeah. I love the way they shot it where the the lady comes out onto the um road and it's like a weird very high um I would say drone shot down. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. and I dug it because she came from one side and the truck kind of drives up to her on the other side. So it starts out like the the like the guys in the truck he's going it's kind of like in the, the pov of the of the truck driver truck driver but then it shoots to that really high downward shot oh yeah and i yes. like that the things come into the shot right. i dig that because it's kind of like it it shows like a vastness it's not like okay right behind the truck drivers a camera and there's all these other things it's so far out that it's just the actors on their own mm-hmm. i dug that um a lot of there's a lot of that in this movie like there's the the scene where the guy that got trapped, he gets away. And instead of being a tight shot, it's shot through from the house through oh, the window. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's got a lot of stylistic art, like almost artsy feel to a lot of the shots. It, it, the movie kind of devoids of like typical horror shots. I mean, you don't see, it's not really graphic at all. I mean, it's just no, extremely it, 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 dis- disturbing though about what it's, what's happening here. But, but the thing is, yeah, but it's not like it's not in your face, right? Right. It's not. It's like there's a part where she's supposedly packing up like body parts and stuff to <laughs> to either eat or be fed to something later on, but it's not even gruesome. It's just they're already in the bag, basically. You know what I mean? It wasn't like blood pumping and right. I don't, th- I, I don't, I don't know. think we ever got a insert shot of someone getting stabbed or something like that. It's mostly a lot of the kills and there's not, not many kills in the movie, but most of the kills are kind of done off camera. And I think it's intended to not be typical in, in that sense, you know? Yeah. Cause you, you would lose a lot of people if it turned into just a gore fest and you would, because then it's like, you don't, all you'd say is like, oh, you guys want to see a real bloody, gory film? Watch this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you're going to get a bunch of the, I'd almost say like the the weekend warriors who think that they, not think that they, but no, nah, I sound like an asshole. But like the people that are be like, like, oh, I'm going to get credit for watching this <laughs> like award Sundance type of film. And they just really want to see blood and guts. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and they don't want to sit through like build up and all that shit. But it. The the funniest thing about it though is they don't show the blood and gore, mm-hmm. but it's some heinous shit. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's there's it's so it, it it's it's weird because like you said she's she's kind of a monster. Right, right. It's like kind of the birth but, of a monster. Yeah, but it's not like it was. It happened on its own. It was kind of a a horrible traumatic experience, mm-hmm. and almost kind of like that split her perception of reality mm-hmm. and so she just basically left to her own devices split from what would be a normal train of thought and just kind of went off on her own you know what i mean yeah that's what i got from it because it was just like i don't know how much you want to say about the movie you know what i mean yeah, i don't know I'll, let's talk about the mother chapter francisca is the main character she's the young woman in this story when we first meet her, she's about 10 years old and she is learning uh, lessons from her mother. She says that she was a surgeon in Portuguese in, um, in Portugal. She's teaching the anatomy and how to kind of dissect eyes from a cow. And one of the most striking visuals in the in the first half of the movie is this 
decapitated head of a cow on a kitchen table and they're kind of cutting meat and dissecting the eyes, right? And it plays into later because she gets, she becomes a, somewhat of a surgeon herself, but but for nefarious reasons. But I think it, it, it also lends to the fact that she's that young and she doesn't see it as anything gross. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or scary. It's very, <laughs> she she's it's scientific yes so later on when she starts doing shit it it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong or perverse about it you know what i mean yes and so the mother i would say this the mother is killed in the first chapter of the movie by a a mysterious salesman i i I knew that motherfucker was bad when i seen (laughs) there was just something off about that fool right (laughs) it was good acting right because it's it's, and it's it's funny because there's nothing in the script that says anything typically typically scary it it was all about mood it's all about atmosphere it's all about like saying you know i'm going to do this now i i forgot the exact wording in the in the script but he's going you know i'm i i'm going to do this now and we kind of understood what he was going to do but in not only that it's kind of like it's it's weird because they're on like almost like a farm right 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 and today this wouldn't work but <laughs> in the era that it was it was like they had like traveling salesmen right <laughs> You know what I mean? If someone came to your door right now and I'm selling books, you know, be like, you get the fuck off my porch. You know what I mean? You'd answer the door with a shotgun. It's and it's so weird because like the time of the movie, we don't even know what what time it sets in. It's like such a I didn't even know where it was, dude. Yeah, ambiguous. It could be. I'm saying it's in America. I don't even know if it's in America. It could be anywhere. It could be in. in I don't want to be racist, but I figured it was in America because she hits that bar and there's like an Asian chick. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like. Yeah, and she she doesn't move, so it's just weird. But it could be a Canada, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's a lot of things that are not answered, and that's also what's engrossing about the movie too. And here's the thing, you know, both of us are not fans of say Hereditary, the the Ari Aster film, and that Midsummer piece of shit. And the well, did you see Midsummer? I I couldn't get through it all. <laughs> okay, so I I finished Midsummer. I, I'm not a fan of that that movie too. And I think someone would kind of compare this movie to Hereditary or Midsummer, but I think this movie is much more disciplined. I don't think it's like trolling. a thousand times better, dude. <laughs> a thousand times better. I think this movie's not trolling like what Ari Aster is doing with his movies. Yeah, it's it's like he just wanted you to go like ah, like and get a bad taste <laughs> in your mouth, or like it was like shock value. You know what I mean? This one had substance behind it. It was a story and a reason. So this movie is written and directed by a guy named Nicholas Pesci. I believe that's his, how you pronounce his last name. Joe's little brother. <laughs> it's a different spelling, but Nicholas oh. Pesci, uh, 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 this is his first feature film. And he has directed, uh, I think, two other films. He did the the Grudge remake recently, I, which I didn't see. I didn't see. I don't know if it didn't get great reviews. I don't think I saw it. Um but it was just such an exciting directorial debut from this guy, and hopefully he will pick up another film and do something more kind of audacious. But I don't know this this movie. I, you know, the reason I picked this movie was because this was one of the recent horror movies that really got under my skin, and I haven't I haven't felt that feeling in a very long time. You know, you, you kind of get desensitized when you watch these horror movies. And this was one of the first ones where it really got to me and really be, only because of the, the, the nature of the story itself. It wasn't really because of the graphics or anything like that, you know. But what was your feelings about watching it and watching the movie, watching the story unfold like this? 
it was I thought it was done really well. And it's funny because the main um actress with Kika Magdahollis or whatever. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um she's got such a plain, innocent look to her. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in a room full of people, it's like if you were doing like, okay, let's let's do let's rank everybody as far as like, you know, like um not just strength, but like if we were going to take over the room, mm-hmm. you know, we kill the strongest people first, you know, who, <laughs> who we have least to worry about. She's like the last one. Right. But it's almost like I, I dug it because she's just so innocent looking and so almost like a wallflower, you know what I mean? But yeah. she does a, a superb job at this and it's, she doesn't break character at all. And it's so funny because there was that, that, traumatic experience and even that little girl kicked ass dude mm-hmm. like when she's with the guy that's tied up in the in the barn mm-hmm. she fucking brilliant job dude and when she comes back in and she sits next to her dad and she's like we don't have to worry about him making any more noise <laughs> and i'm like that motherfucker you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you, you go back to the dude and it's not just okay like uh when you watch like texas chainsaw and stuff they do some gross shit like torture stuff yeah but it's all for the sake of torture this torture was almost like this for the sake of seeing if you can do it, but not, but almost more from a, a surgical point of view. And I don't, it's so funny because in my mind, it didn't seem like she was doing it to torture. Mm. You yeah, know what I mean? mean? It's, it a, was kind of, it's almost a sympathetic portrayal of a young girl who is so isolated. It's But she it, didn't even choose it to begin yeah, with. Yeah. It was the dad who... It, it's extremely sad. It's like a sad portrayal of this one girl who's just so dying for human, a friend, anybody, yeah, human connection, Contact. yeah. And be, and because of the way she was raised, it becomes perverted, and it becomes this. I mean, even like you know, there there are scenes here of uh, torture, and yet it's done by a a person who is innocent and childlike, you know. So it's such a weird kind of. But thing it, it's to watch. crazy too, though. Because her mom is her whole life. Right. Well, not just her whole life, but when you see that, you need, she's not, no spoiler, but she's not in it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But she's spending all this time with the daughter. Yeah. And then the dad, almost nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Like the dad is just, she's just something that's in the room too that he has to feed. Because <laughs> like, and it's so funny because when she's talking to the dude in the garage or in the barn, mm-hmm. she's like, like you're my only friend, you know what I mean? Right. It's like fuck, dude, and it's 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 like horrible, but it's just kind of sad. That's why I said she's that monster, but she was kind of made into it. Yeah. And then the whole relationship with the dad is like weird too, man. <laughs> it's so fucking she's weird, him- man. It's it's because the relationship with her daddy, and who knows how disturbed that is, or it, does it go beyond? But they don't, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's almost like they leave it to your mind, but it doesn't seem like it. It's almost like. He has no interest in her, uh. but and to me, that's the way it seemed, but it seemed like she, she wouldn't just let him go type of deal. Yeah. I don't, and, and it's funny because it's not like, it's not like she's crazy, but she is, but it's <laughs> not like she's crazy. Like she, she understands enough to talk to people to get them to come over. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> she's not like socially inept where she's visibly crazy. The hardest part for me was the last part, even though it was the first part was really disturbing, you know, with the dude. Mm-hmm. And 
when she asked the guy why he did it, and then he just said basically that it's, it's there's nothing like killing somebody. Basically, right is what he kind of says, mm-hmm. surmised. And then <laughs> later on, when she does it, and she like whispers to him like, "I doesn't she say something like a now I understand or something?" Oh, I didn't pick that up. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. dude, when when he she he was running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit, dude! This girl is like insane." But um, <laughs> well, let me say this. Let me say this. Once they get to that third act, which is called family, the the chapter is called family, and it's, yeah. it has to deal with this mother and 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 the child, and the main and like the car threw me off, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I couldn't tell because she's so young. I couldn't tell the time frame, and the dad had that old ass car. Yeah, and then this chick looks like she has like a like a 2010 truck you know what i mean so it's like yeah and that's what i'm saying it kind of it's up for your your interpretation of when this takes place where it takes place uh maybe you think that was done on purpose so that it could be anytime anywhere type of i think it doesn't really matter i think the uh because of this you know this is an independent film it probably didn't have that much budget so they really kind of said this is just a world if in a lot of ways it felt like a graphic novel like a like a comic book. So in comic books, you could get away with timing and, and settings yeah. and stuff like that. Um, once they get to like that third act, the, the, the family chapter where there's dealing with, with she wants a family. She wants to, and she kind of steals a, a child. There's a moment where the child goes into a in barn. I'm, I'm all, I don't want to give anything away, but, and I think it's hard to give away anything because this this movie is really just about atmosphere and mood. But there's a there's a scene in that where the child walks into the barn, and there's someone's chained up. That scene fucking got to me, big <laughs> fucking time. Just and it's really and it's not like it's a it's a it's a uh, uh, a twist ending or it's that was a surprise. We kind of knew that this was coming. But just the situation of it in, of itself made me just my skin crawl. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. I, dude, I got the same feeling. Because what it is to me, it's what we know that the characters doesn't know. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was so fucked. It was so it was. fucked. It was so fucked. And it feels and it's it's a feeling that I haven't really felt in a long time. And 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 and, and that's why I wanted <laughs> to pick this movie. That's why I wanted to kind of have you this experience. Probably my, it's probably my favorite part of it. Yes. Yeah. It's because I know that feeling you're getting it. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since a movie's been able to catch me like that. <laughs> and that's what I appreciated about it. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Like <laughs> Damn, that's cold. That's cold blooded. You know what I mean? He's like, damn. And it's really just by done by by a, you know setting up this horrific kind of situation, characters, and it's it's just a well done horror movie that's not not based on any kind of typical tropes or devices, story devices, visual devices. It's just a, a new way of kind of telling a story and 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 this kind of kind of reminds me of what we just experienced with The Exorcist. It's like Here's a slow burning story that unfolds. This is much more demented, but it may be at times maybe as demented as the Exorcist. But, but again, it's not. It's not like a bad demented. You know what <laughs> I mean? It, it it's 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 to progress the story. It's to mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's not just like it's it's not like faces of death where it's just oh, all out there to right. get you, which is gross to, yeah, to and disgusting. That, right, right, right. Invoke a reaction. Yeah, yeah. I, and in a, and in a lot of ways, I think this is just a really depressing and sad por- portrayal of a woman trying to connect, and that connection just becomes this. I don't, yeah, but d- I don't think she had a chance, man. Destructive. Yeah. yeah, it becomes this destructive, horrific. Like, there was no way she was going to turn out to be a normal person <laughs> after the first act. Not at all. Could you recommend this movie to anyone? I mean, is this something mm. you would recommend? I mean, I... I would just to certain people. Like, I would have recommended it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... A, it's but, like, a, my wife? No yeah. way, right? She would no slap way. you. <laughs> yeah. She would like if she could get past the black and white, yeah, she would. Yeah, she would never. It's one of those things where if you go wrong, whoever you uh, recommended it to would be never ask you to recommend another movie ever again. (laughs) So you have to be. You you have to like be a particular horror fan and someone who may be much more uh, used to this type of disturbing psychological stuff. Yeah, you have to. You have to be open minded. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you I, can't I, just be like, why'd you show me that shit? You know what I mean? It's like, no, I, you missed it then. <laughs> and another reason I kind of really love it, it's only maybe 70 minutes long. It's only, it's a really short movie. It's like an hour and like 10 minutes or, you know. Yeah, it's a quick watch for sure. Well, and, but and it's I, weird because there's a lot of shit in that, in that time. Yeah. And I don't, I, I like that, that they kept it really short or like, it, I mean, it is a slow burner. I, I think if this was maybe stretched out to two hours and maybe it would have like, uh, um, made it too long, or you know, it would it wouldn't last that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm glad that you liked it. I, I was shocked. I, I was like saying all this to, to leading up to your watching. It, I go, I go. I think you're gonna hate this. I was fearing that maybe this movie might go beyond that threshold where it becomes like, you, oh, I hate this movie. <laughs> no, nah, this thing danced. It was perfect. It like danced right on the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it all went together. It wasn't but, just one moment that was crazy, and then the rest. Like nothing, you know what I mean? It was, it's it stuck to like it was true to itself the whole movie. That's, I, I'm into that. Uh, that will always earn my respect. Don't go back and forth to try to trick me. Sometimes you give me a good flick, and this was one of them. All right, great, because I I was I was like, oh my god, because you, you kind of texted back with like, oh, I'm not sure you liked it. <laughs> you know? We, oh no no, that's the thing is I didn't know. What you wanted to say before the sh- the the podcast? I figured you wanted cold. Oh yeah, you know definitely, I mean? definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I definitely want. So I didn't even want to give you a hint. Of right, liked it or didn't like it. <laughs> uh, let's now let's 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 look at your pick. Your pick was cold skin. See, I feel bad because <laughs> mine wasn't as good as yours, man. When you said it, I was just like, okay, let me give him something that I I dug. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like I put a lot of thought into it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, it wasn't like something that I'd seen that I wasn't sure if you would like. You know what I mean? It was just, hey, like, you gave me a movie, now I'm going to give you a movie. We are the invaders, which makes us the enemy. You want to conquer them, is that it? Oh, no. I want to exterminate them. Cold Skin is a 2017 uh, um, horror fantasy film. It's a, I think it has gained some kind of cult following. I heard people talk about it. It is a movie that came out uh, 
it came out under the radar. Uh, I did see the trailer a long time ago. So when you told me about Cold Skin, I go, oh, yes, I definitely remember this movie. But I never yeah, saw I remember it. the trailer, too. Yeah, I never saw it. It was. It feels like it maybe been like a... I mean, I guess if it, if it would come out today, it probably would have come out as a streaming uh, original um, just because of, of the people involved. I mean, this is not necessarily big names, although Steve, Ray Stevenson is in the movie. He's terrific. And it's weird He's because in he it. just passed, so... Yeah, yeah. So It's, it's a, kind it's of a, a good thing. It's a great pick for it. And, and surprisingly... It kind of fits in this double bill because this too is dealing with isolation. Uh, this is about two lighthouse keepers who are stuck in a lighthouse. It's set during early 20th century. Uh, the main actor here, the main star, uh, his, his name is David Oakes, who I believe is a British actor. And he is playing a, a young weather observer. He's just arrived in this desolated island in the South Atlantic. And his his mission or his job is to record the climate data. And he is there to replace the old weather observer. But they find out that that guy is gone. And, and he, he is told that that guy died of uh, typhoid or something like that. Yeah, and it's weird because that's the whole... I like that that was the crazy setup. Uh-huh. That it's just like, hey, there's just like literally two dudes on this island. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever they say, they you know what I mean? They're right. going to believe them. Because there's the no word. way yeah. to fact... Yeah. There's yeah. no Google. You can't fact check them. <laughs> so Ray Stevenson is the, the main reclusive uh, lighthouse keeper. He is there. He's been there. I don't know how long he's been there, but it seems like he's been there for years. And he is the man who holds holds down the fort. I think his name is Gruner, Gruner, uh, or Gunner. Is it Gruner? Gruner, Gruner, Gruner. Gruner. And I think maybe I I suggested this because he reminds me a lot of you. <laughs> like I believe you could live in a lighthouse by yourself for decades. It'd be fine. And I, I probably could do some of the things that he did in this movie too. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, the big twist or the big kind of kicker of this movie is that uh, the young weather observer, he finally discovers. And now there are just only two men on this island. So later in the in, in, the, in the movie, he kind of discovers that every once in a while at night, they are attacked by these bizarre sea creatures. These, these amphibious creatures who kind of look like fish people. It's a little bit like a fantasy, but it's also a period drama. Uh, you tell Wait, me before a... you get into it, overall, Oh, okay. what did you think about it, though? This is interesting. This... like it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, but I did fall asleep through it. <laughs> I did... And that's not to say that the, that's an indication that the movie sucks or anything. That's just me getting older. Because I do fall asleep no. in a lot of movies nowadays for some reason. I just I just <laughs> fall asleep. You don't watch it during the day, man. <laughs> so I, I, I restarted it. You know, I, I started from the beginning again. Watched it, fell asleep a little bit, but kept kept going, and I'm I'm like I like this, I like it, and then once we get to that final act and uh, and understood what they were getting at, oh I'll go oh that's great, that's awesome, you know, because it's a it's a much bigger picture than you would think. I mean, it's a movie that doesn't have major stars. There's only like two people in in the cast or three people, I guess you could say, because there's uh, someone in a suit. Okay, remember how you said you remember the trailer? I remember the trailer too. I had no idea that it was going to be almost like a, a 
creature slash scary or horror movie mm-hmm. at all. Uh-huh. But it, I didn't get that from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I thought it was almost going to be fantasy. You know what I mean? I, I didn't get any of what was going to transpire through, okay. the, like, through the trailer. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because I, I, I thought it looked interesting, but I really liked the story and everything. So I, it, but I wasn't expecting it. But it just turned. It was like a happy coincidence. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't expect it to have uh, this because there's an epic scope to it, and it's well shot. I mean, the cinematography is pretty good, really. Yeah, good. it's gorgeous, dude. Yeah, and that's just uh, and the location's amazing. Yeah, and it really feels like it's set in a real location. It doesn't seem like it's set in a fake uh, studio somewhere. There's oh, a lot. Yeah, for- the set de- decorations or the set designs is terrific. There's a kind of a a lighthouse that's battered. It, it's uh, it's really awesome looking. It's decrepit. It has these spikes on it. It looks like a dystopian <laughs> uh, lighthouse. Um, yeah, it's, it's very desolate and like you feel so alone when you watch this flick. <laughs> Like, it, 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 I was just thinking, too, like, they'll show, like, a like a pretty epic wide swing shot, mm-hmm. and there's nothing, man, but this fucking lighthouse and that other little shack that the weather guy lives in. <laughs> like, you're just totally alone by yourself, no help. What's well, cool, the movie starts with a, a Nietzsche quote, and I wrote this down. So, it starts with, whoever fights monsters should see it that it's in the process, he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. And I, I think that's basically what the movie is about. It is about like kind mm-hmm. of going uh, close enough to a, the abyss, trying to fight these monsters, and, and then end up becoming a monster yourself. Uh, it's, it is about isolation. It's about these two men who, who are escaping. They don't like the real world. Ray Stevenson is someone who... Uh, Hates people, really. I mean, he's. I think that's the reason why he uh, became a lighthouse operator, uh, and maybe that's why you see me <laughs> as, as that same character. I'm not uh, the greatest uh, <laughs> socially. Uh, I'm socially awkward person. Um, I, yeah, so all that stuff is great. And race. I mean, race Stevenson, who you know, unfortunately passed away this year. I mean, he's such a. It's, it, this is perfect casting. He's so great. He's a big guy, and that 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 yeah, physical that, the physical premise or physical, uh, you know, his physical physicality really uh, shows in this film, and it it plays a part in the character. I, I yeah, there's a lot for me to like, and 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 maybe I'll have to watch it for a third time. But I I really really dug it. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. It's not yeah. a perfect film, but no. you know, n- not all movies are perfect. It but it's a it's a good kind of uh, fantasy fair. I think if it's, you know, I saw on Amazon, and if you click it on Amazon and you kind of like these monsters, these type of films, this will be a perfect kind of choice. This is a perfect kind of suggestion or recommendation. Yeah. So, and uh, the characters are, are great the way they play off each other. Like Stevenson and that kid you said, David Oakes, they're almost like opposites that they're stuck together. Yeah. And then, you know what I was always thinking? I'm like, okay, when he's like, when he gets dropped off, why didn't freaking. Uh, Ray's character say something, mm-hmm. and then even like, uh, no spoiler, but later on there's another like because they got outside people coming once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. but you can't tell them what's going on because they're just gonna think you're insane, you know, take you out and throw in another person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's almost unbelievable until it's thrust upon you type of deal, and then 
once it is, it's you're just left by yourself to deal with it. And I, and like the quote said, I think it's kind of like Stevenson's character, like went way beyond what he should have type of deal. Yeah, I mean, he, kinda. he's a guy. He's a guy who wants to be the king of his castle. And yeah. and he the reason why he hates people and the reason why he didn't really welcome this new guy it was like this guy is on my turf, and he, yeah. you know and, and the thing is but it, I mean, it's it's like a dominance thing yeah it's definitely a dominance and that's why <laughs> they even show that like you know his the 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 monster that he keeps basically we'll call it that it's it's a total domination thing on yeah thing. we'll we'll say this that he has a uh, he. He treats this one female sea creature, and it's a it's a woman in a costume, you know, like a, a really good makeup job. I, I like the special effects in the film. They they use CGI for some of the wider shots, but when it comes to acting with this creature, it is a person in a suit, which I really yeah, appreciate. Yeah, it's latex. It's really good. It's I really, really good appreciate that they did that because you know we I just saw what's the the voyage of the demeanor, and the. Dracula character, a lot of it was CGI, and you could tell. And I, and now I said to myself, why don't they just put some makeup and you know do it something like this? You know I mean, and this I is told a you lo- I didn't like that flick, right? No, I didn't like that movie. I mean, it's yeah, I, I, I wanted, wanted it to, to be so want, good. Yeah, I wanted to, do, yeah. to. It shit the bed. Yeah, it just got. Fuck. I didn't like any of the characters, you know, and yeah, and it very nobody meshed well. The story was lacking. Yeah. And, yeah. It just took too long to get traction. The elements were there, but it just like it's not that I hated the characters. It just there there was no progression when it comes to the third act. I thought the and it was so hyped. Yeah, the commercials. It was yeah. like this is gonna be amazing. To to go back to Code Skin, uh, the I love what they did with that female amphibian creature character in real life she's fucking gorgeous too <laughs> yeah you know what i mean if you look at a picture of her so that was really good makeup they put on her yeah it was yeah. almost like if avatar was not so cgi you know what i mean yeah yeah yes yes i know i mean i think avatar I, did you like the second avatar movie i couldn't get through it man i watched about you, an hour and a wait, half wait did you like said the, oh man did you sh- like the first avatar movie uh, you know what? Yeah, because I was swept up, dude. Yeah, I went to the theater. We watched Three Glasses. I was right. there with, uh, I think Jim Tony. Like everybody I knew was at the theater. Right. And it was it was something. It was the magnitude was mm. huge. Never seen anything like it before. Right. It was. It so was a, all that shit came into play. It was a fun movie. It was a, like the first Avatar was a fun. You know, it was kind of a big epic that I really really enjoyed. It's not perfect. Uh, and but I hated like kind of the conversations about all of it about uh, about the first Avatar movie. There were kind of these people who were just bashing it. I go, oh, I don't think I didn't see it. You know, I don't think it's that bad. And then all the st- criticisms came to play in the on the second sec- one. on the second one because I'm like because <laughs> I was defending the first one for so many years. I'm like, hey man, it's not that bad. I really it, like even my younger brother hates the Avatar movie. I'm like, no man, that's not. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, it, it, yeah, maybe it doesn't work in some sense. And yes, it's, maybe it's a derivative of like the Dance of Wolves, but it's, you know, they're on Pan, Pandora, you know? Yeah. And then, and no, then, it still worked, though. It still worked, but yeah. The second it one still just worked. didn't work. And then the second movie came, I'm like, oh, man, all the criticisms have some some basis you know there there's some something there because i i, was, I still don't count it on the first one because the first one was the first one 
So I, I was, re- yeah, I was really disappointed with the second one. And, you know, I was saying to myself, man, maybe this could have been better if they would have used uh, physical effects, uh, creature right. designs and stuff like that. Because I was not into the kind of CGI look of the creatures in Avatar. Anyway, this movie doesn't do that. It has a person, has an actor, and you feel it. I mean, it's it's it, that Ray Stevenson is acting along with another actor in a suit. It works, Vi- you know, visually it works. I think, yeah, I think the only CGI they did was on the far shots of like when there was hundreds of the creatures. Yeah, and, and when, it was fast and when, in the dark. Yeah, when they're running around because they're running yeah. with high speeds. But the interaction ones, the even the ones where they were coming up over the side, those I think those were real dudes in suits. Yeah, yeah, you know some I mean? of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some of them were. Yeah. Now, say Ray Stevenson's character uh, is—he has this kind of slave, you know, that he has made this one female amphibian creature a slave, and she—he treats him like a dog. And <laughs> there's—I I don't know if I should give this away. Huh. Well, what would you do if you were the only guy on an island and you had a female <laughs> slave creature? <laughs> You know what I mean? That's it's, what it, that's what happens. Inevitably, it's gonna happen. It's gonna, yeah. That's what happens in the movie. Because so, this guy's been there for a long ass time. It's not like he's been there overnight and it's like yeah. And it's okay. Long. I'm gonna I'm gonna bang this creature. It's like <laughs> it's been years and years and years. But I think that goes into the the the, the makeup of the character. You were kind of saying it's about dominance, and again, that's about yeah. dominance about this this creature. And, yeah, because uh, he doesn't love her at all. No, 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 no. It's, it's all, not like yeah, like a sweet. Oh, he he befriended and fell in love with this creature. Right. He it's, treats her like shit. It's, beats the shit out of yeah, her. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very abusive relationship. And then you have this other dude here, and he's treating her a little bit better. And maybe they're they're having some kind of connection. Like I was saying, I fell asleep to some of the parts, and maybe there was some slow parts, and maybe I would like to see them kind of built on that kind of dynamic and they they kind of do but it it didn't really go further you know it it, yeah i don't i think i i kind of think that it might have drawn away from the movie a little bit to add almost like a romance well i don't mean yeah i I don't want to see a full-out romance but i want to say like like the whole dynamic between the characters and like kind of they're kind of like a wedding on the beach with the The creatures of the gut. Yeah, why not? No, <laughs> no. I just, I want to, I want to see like kind of that's more, pa- more of that internal fight between the two dudes. It's part. It's like part two. It's like cold skin, and then it's like dot 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 getting warmer. <laughs> Something stupid like that. She's got like a train, like a like a train of seaweed dress or something. So you know what else I noticed? But this is so stupid. Okay, there's a scene where the thing jumps in the water and takes off swimming, right? And I was like, okay, don't give me no shit. Like all of a sudden it, like it's got webbed feet because I seen this thing walking around. It didn't have webbed feet, but did you notice like that it had like fins, but they were like on the shins, like oh. on the sides of its calves. Okay. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah. like, they flared out like, like a, like a tuna, like it lowers its fins and oh. it could raise up the dorsal. Yeah. Yeah. So I like looked at that closely because when I first saw it swim away, I had to rewind it because I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Don't give me no shit like she has webbed feet. Uh, so th- that's probably my only criticisms. I, I probably would have loved them to kind of dive into that dynamics between the two dudes. And also would love to hear something about the history about these two guys. We don't, there's still a mystery at the end. You know, uh, I know both of them are kind of 
escaping society. Certainly the main actor or the main character, he took on this job because he wants to get away with what had happened in his real life. We don't know. Uh, And and I think in the beginning he has kind of like a, like a little monologue about how he thinks that this is for the betterment, you know? Oh yeah. It's almost like he's trying to like progress the world as far as like, whether there's going to be something we're going to need to help us like navigate and blah, blah, blah. Cause I mean, when you think about it, that's the, the whole thing about the lighthouse is that the lighthouse is to help these ships on this, you know, <laughs> but the lighthouse attendant kind of like sacrifices his existence for the betterment of, you know, the sea travelers to make sure they don't crash and stuff during the storms. So it's kind of like you get the shit into the deal to make sure that it's like sacrifice is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think he was just trying to get away from something, something that was, uh, something that was, he, I guess felt un, uh, unfulfilled in his real life, and he needed something. He needed a, a something, a goal or a dream or something like that. Um, like to be important. I think why this movie is not getting enough love, it's because, well, one one instance, the same year that this movie came out, uh, was um, The Shape of Water, which won mm. the award, you know, that's Guillermo del Toro's uh, award-winning film. And then it's dealing with, you know, you know, sea creature, romantic sex with a sea creature with a fish, you know, people fucking fishes and shit like that. So there's there's a similar uh, a common thread here. It's goddamn fish fuckers are everywhere. <laughs> and I think codes, you know, when we were talking about the, the special effects, I think the 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 design in in uh, Shape of Water is much more brilliant, much more fantastic. But I mean, that's a that's a much that's a different film. It's I'm sure it had a. But little... that's a that's Guillermo. That's like yeah. the whole Hellboy and yeah, yeah. Abraham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and I I love that movie too. And I think that maybe hurt this movie a little bit when it, when this came out. It, it kind of maybe yeah. fell in the shadow. Also, when I was watching, I go, "Oh man, this is a lot like the lighthouse." The 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 Robert Eggers. I told you, that's how I that's how I found this movie. Oh, really? I was looking for the other one, and this <laughs> one came up. Did you end up watching the lighthouse? Um, no. Okay. Because <laughs> I know the lighthouse is black and white. It's a uh, the dude from uh, Twilight, right? Right. Your favorite, Tarth. Your yeah. Favorite. <laughs> hey, man, that's that stays in that episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the, light, um, the lighthouse is a, a a really really good film. It's Robert Eggers. I gotta a, watch that. It's per, it's a terrific performance by both Robert Patterson and Willem Dafoe. Uh, there's no sea creatures, but there is a psychological kind of idea. I mean, it's it's a lot like this movie. Isolation, you know, the men go crazy. Because lighthouse is a a book, right? A famous book. Well, this, I, I don't know if Lighthouse, the, the, the Robert Eggers film, is based on a book, but this movie is based on a novel. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, it's based on some kind of myths and sea Maybe. stories, you know, symbolism and, do not and com- stuff. Don't confuse this movie with Mermaid Down. <laughs> <laughs> you will be disappointed. I mean, while watching, trying to search for this movie, Mer- Mermaid Down came up, you know? So Mermaid Down it is- It looked like, interesting, yeah. Mermaid Down is another kind of really cheeseball movie that doesn't work, and I would not recommend that. Or at least I, I've seen the first maybe 15 minutes of it. doesn't necessarily work. I mean, I don't know, maybe like those type of 
cheesy movies. Um, yeah, I, you, look, it was a good pick. I liked it. It's Cold Skin. It was a, a terrific fantasy horror movie. I think it leans more into the fantasy than the horror stuff. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, because it's it's not super. And what I did, what uh, what I would say about this movie, what I like is it's not. So the movie's probably like what hour forty five. Mm-hmm. It's not an hour and thirty minutes of build up and no monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, you see, yeah, yeah, you interact. They interact really early on. Yes, 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 and, yeah. and I dig that. Yeah. Just like even though people will be like, oh, you don't see Jaws until halfway, you know what I mean? Until pretty far into the movie. But you see the effects, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right in the beginning. Like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, and, you, I, and you get that third uh, character, the, the the sea creature, you know, right away pretty much. I mean, yeah. we discover that person pretty hard. Um, yeah, really cool. Really cool movie. Definitely check it out on the streaming sites, the streaming services out there. It, uh, I saw it on Amazon. And so I actually saw both of these movies again on Amazon. I don't know if they're still there, but yeah, they're, they're, they're making the rounds. So definitely you, worth a watch. There, there, there you go. We got two good recommendations here. One, you need to be almost a hardcore horror fan with the eyes of our eyes of my mother. So if you're not that hardcore avoid, because it's, yeah. it's a bummer of a movie. It's gets under your skin. Yeah, definitely will... watch the trailer. <laughs> watch the trailer. You know what I mean? It's yeah. yeah, if you can't if the trailer doesn't look interesting, then don't don't force yourself. We don't want to be known as the people we don't want to be known as the podcast that force <laughs> bad movies on people. You gotta be into it. Cold skin on the other hand, it's really kind of a nice fine if you you're you know you like kind of like these nice fantasy movies. It's not as good as Shape of Water. It's definitely not as good as the lighthouse. It, it, not all movies have to be that good, right? It, it, it could yeah, live it's, in it's this. It's worth the watch. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it lives in this area where it, you could, you're going to have a fun time anyway. Yeah, um, not going to be pissed when it's over. Yeah, I, and I love the ending. And we'll maybe I'll, after we record, I'll, t- I'll talk about how much I love the ending uh, because yeah. it's really epic. I, I for, you know, I'm so so surprised at how how epic in scope it was trying to say, and I'm sure it didn't have that much money in the budget, and so it's it's an ambitious film. Yeah, it really was. So that was it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening to Terra Tino's. Uh, we got we talked about a lot of horror movies this 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 episode, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's our overall theme, but it's going to be like more so for October. Yes, we're leading up to Halloween, and we're going to have a great Halloween this this year. Because think about it, you got to stay. You're going to stay home. You're going to hand out candy. Who says you can't have one headphone on? <laughs> yes, sir. listening to our podcast while you give, while you give the little sweethearts their <laughs> their Snickers and their what do kids eat nowadays? Apples. <laughs> yes. We give, don't I, be one of those jerks either that wraps up the pennies. <laughs> yeah, Gives, don't you give them the shiny pennies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, dude, you know what I still remember? Raisins. The funniest shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. The funniest shit I ever heard, and I'm not sure if you were just fucking with me, was that. When I asked what you guys do, like, I think it was real early when we first started hanging out and it was Halloween time. And I asked, I go, so does your bro or somebody stay home at your house and hand out candy? And you said, Turn off the what lights? you do is, no, you said you take a bowl, you write on a piece of paper, <laughs> please take one, and you tape it to the bowl. But you never put candy in it so that the first person that sees it assumes the person before him took all the candy. Yeah, there's a nice trick for people who can't afford to give away candy. 
You don't remember saying that? No, I don't remember saying. I, I think I was fucking Dude. with you. I don't remember. I don't. Oh. We, we never really did did that. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was thinking, fuck, this guy's a genius, man. Uh, if we didn't have candy, we would just turn off the lights and pretend we're not home. That's kind of like yeah. the way you do. <laughs> That's what I do. I remember way back in the day, there was always a hockey game on. And Danny mm-hmm. would always be over at my house. And Danny would be sitting in one room and I'd be standing next to the door. And I'd just like hold the bowl out while I was watching the game. And oh. kids would come up. <laughs> They'd be like, trick or treat. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take some candy. Just go. <laughs> go. Try to watch the game. Go. <laughs> like five years in a row, it felt like that was always going on. But yeah, listen to us while you had a candy. All right. That was it. Any last words, Angel? Uh, no, I just, everybody, I've. If you guys listen to this like later on, I uh, hope you guys had a good uh, Halloween and uh, got a lot of goodies. Okay. All right, everyone, have a good Halloween, and we'll, we'll be back soon. Later, guys.